The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long Your life will pass by as a vapor And you will stand before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment That's to come He is the shelter From the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of His name. He has power over life and death. Every knee will bow and tongue confess. Heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father will you bow, will you surrender to His majesty. He can save you from the might of all your sin. This is the fight in which He stands in perfect victory while you have breath. have a choice to make in life turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ you can find peace in him from the judgment that's to he is a shelter from the coming storm While you have breath You have a choice to make in life away from all your sin and believe on the risen Christ you can find peace in him from the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm. He's the only shelter from the coming storm. I come with a very solemn warning from God.
please hear this warning and pay attention to it. He wrote in Matthew, the seventh chapter, verse 13, Enter through the suffering gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoer. A stern warning, a solemn warning from God. Don't be deceived. Understand the day in which we live. We are at the end of time and Jesus is coming again. I listened this morning just a few moments ago to a pastor prophet who proclaimed that all of his past, present, and future sins are forgiven, that Jesus finished it at the cross that he has eternal security, that he is on his way to heaven. He is not. He has been deceived by other false prophets. If you look carefully at this passage in in Matthew, the seventh chapter, it's very clear that there is good fruit that must be born. And if that good fruit is not born, that tree is cut down and thrown into the fire. It is the one who does the will of God. It is the one who acts righteously, who walks in righteousness and justice. It is not the man who claims he is saved that is saved. It is the man who walks in one accord with Jesus who is saved. Everywhere today, there are lying pastors and teachers and prophets. Jesus warned that at the end of time, many false Christs would come. Many false pastors prophets, and they would come teaching the doctrine of demons while claiming, and this man listed scripture after scripture after scripture, but he avoided essential scriptures. He avoided what Jesus personally taught. If possible, the pastors and the prophets of our day will feed your flesh in such a way that you will be pleased to go to their churches. You will be pleased to listen to them. You will feel no arrows of conviction striking your heart. You will not be told to repent. The blood of Jesus will not be spoken of. 
Instead, it's strategies for success. I want to take you today to an Old Testament story. For the story begins in the outlining of what God is planning for this planet. It is quite detailed. It is in a dream. And then, in the book of Revelation, we find the final outplaying of this vision found in Daniel, the second chapter. God knows what he's doing. It's not random. The flow of the history of this earth has not been random. God knew in advance exactly what was going to happen. And the question is, will you escape the deceivers, the liars, those who say that all of their sins were forgiven at the cross? No, they weren't. What was done at the cross was provision was made so that I can come and listen to the Lord. I can repent of my sins. And I, by the faith in Jesus Christ, can be made righteous and live for eternity with Jesus. If you believe something else than what I just described... You have been deceived before, because what I've described is simply what the scriptures say. So go with me, Daniel, the second chapter. It's a great story. And you know what? Instead of trying to tell you this story, I want you to hear it clearly from the word of God. The background is that Nebuchadnezzar has taken his great army and has captured many in Jerusalem, many of royalty, well-educated. Among those young men taken captive was a man by the name of Daniel. Daniel, with his friends, were to undergo three years of intense indoctrination in the culture, history, language. They were to be schooled. And then they were to be tested by King Nebuchadnezzar and brought into his service. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream. It troubles me. I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you'll receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once again, they replied, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will interpret it. The king answered, I'm certain now that you are trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is just one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping that the situation will change. So then tell me the dream and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, there's not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked 
such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among men. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all of the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. Then Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon. Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, Why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning the mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells within him. I thank and praise you. O God of my fathers, you have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what the king asks of you. You've made known to us the dream of the king. Then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, Do not execute the men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. Arioch took Daniel to the king at once, and said, I have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. The king asked Daniel, Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you lay on your bed are these. As you were lying there, O king, your mind turned to things to come, and the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than other living men, but so that you, O king, may know the interpretation, and that may you understand what went through your mind. You looked, O king, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were broken to pieces at the same time and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. 
The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will interpret it to the king. You, O king, are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion, power, might, and glory. In your hands he has placed mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them. You are that head of gold. After you, another kingdom will rise, inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others, just as you saw that the feet and the toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron. So this will be a divided kingdom. Yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain but not by human hands, a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true. The interpretation is trustworthy. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel, paid him honor, and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal the mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all of its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at royal court. Now, we know that that head of gold was Babylon, We know the chest of silver was Medo-Persia. We know that the belly of bronze was Greece and the legs of iron, Rome. We're told this in other parts of Scripture. But I want to bring you to the conclusion of this matter. And it's out of this conclusion that God has issued a very solemn, a very solemn word to you to understand that this prophecy spoken so many long, long years ago will finally find its fulfillment In your life and in my lifetime, it is currently coming to pass. If we look at Revelation, the 13th chapter, and the dragon, and we know 
from other portions of Scripture. I'm not going to go into all of this. It's not my point. My point is the solemn warning from God today. The dragon is the devil. He was first in the Garden of Eden as a, as a snake. He is a dragon. I saw a beast coming out of the sea. We know from Daniel that beasts represent kingdoms. The sea represents a vast number of people. And so the, the Apostle John is seeing this dragon standing on the shore of the sea and a beast coming out of the sea, a kingdom emerging out of many peoples. And he had ten horns and seven heads with ten crowns on his horns and each head a blasphemous name. Now listen. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear, and a mouth like a lion. And the dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. Now let me be plain. This last day beast, this last day power, kingdom that is going to come forth is now coming forth and we are watching it as it wraps its tentacles around America. Some of you are crying out as I have, how can elections be stolen in America? Very easily by wicked men and women who are charged with power by this dragon. We are watching the literal fulfillment of this word in Europe and in America, in Russia and in China, and in every part of the world. This beast power is coming out of the peoples of the earth. It is coming and it is speaking blasphemy. It would destroy our children. It would raise up every sexual perversion, every unclean thing. It will bring to the surface, to the public eye, everything that destroys. Depopulation is his goal. Now, when you begin to look at this beast power, the scriptures say he will suffer a wound that would seem to be a death wound. But that wound will be healed. Probably the wound in a man, and I will not try to name that man, but I believe he is alive and well today and will take his place with this beast power that is arising. He is already behind the scenes, helping to strategize the emergence from the sea of this kingdom that is utterly wicked, that will destroy America as a nation, that will captivate every nation in the world and will bring them under his power. The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months. Revelation is saying that this final beast, this final kingdom, dictatorship that is emerging now, we are watching it emerge even in America. The shutdowns, the jab, we're watching as the Christian church is marginalized. We're watching as The institution of the church is destroyed. He will have total control over the world for three and one half years, and then he will be destroyed. He opened his mouth, this is Revelation 
13, verse 6, he opened his mouth to blaspheme God, to slander his name and his dwelling place, and those who live in heaven. He was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. In other words, God's people will not be able to stand up against this beast power. They will not be able to live anything like a normal life in America. He was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast or the kingdom, the dictatorship that is now coming forth in the world. All whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. In other words, everyone is going to worship this beast power except those of us who have given ourselves to Jesus Christ to live righteous and holy lives before him in accord with his word with our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He writes, Anyone who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword he will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. God's stern warning to us today is do not fight against the beast. Do not fight against the beast, but rather with patient endurance and absolute faithfulness to Jesus, wait upon the living God of heaven. Now, I saw another beast coming out of the earth. In other words, it did not come out of peoples. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast on his behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. And he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of men. Because of the signs he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast or the first kingdom spoken, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth. He ordered them to set up an image. Okay, now... We have the image in Daniel 2. And then we have another image set up by Nebuchadnezzar. But now we have the devil setting up another image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast This is all technologically possible today. So that this image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark which is the name of the beast or the number of the image. This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is a man's number. His number is 666. Now, what I'm saying to you today is that this beast power is now emerging in America. We see the attempts, and yea, they will be successful attempts to bring famine upon the earth, famine in America. This kingdom that is emerging, this political, military, business combo that is emerging in the world, is determined 
to destroy the middle class of America. It is determined to destroy all nationalism, all concern for who we are or what we are as Americans with the Constitution. The Constitution will be eviscerated totally. It is already being destroyed. And there are many who are saying it is outdated. We need to update the Constitution. They're saying that it's too old to be effective. Notice those who want to rewrite the Constitution. They're saying it's a living book, a living document, and so we need to rewrite portions. Notice those who are doing that. Notice those who are constantly lying. Notice those who are who are trying to shut down America. Notice those who are who are shutting down the pipeline, who are shutting down the energy sector. Notice those who are shutting down the farms, buying up large swaths of farmland and letting it lie fallow. Notice those who create a war in Ukraine to stop the shipment of grain around the world. Identify in your mind and your heart those who are liars. Don't fight against them. Don't rise up against them. You can't win. The Bible has told us that they will win and that America will be subjected to the beast power of Revelation 13. And that for three and a half years, he will reign supreme over the entire world. Now, many Christians are going to go right along with this beast power. They're going to say, Don't worry about the mark of the beast. We're saved. We can't be lost. We have eternal security. Is it a sin to take the mark of the beast? Yes, according to what I've just shared with you. But don't worry about it, they'll say. You have to survive. You have to take care of your family. They're liars. Even as today the rainbow flag is being placed in front of many churches, the United Methodist Church is being totally broken apart by those who want to change the word of God. Pedophilia will become very popular. Demonic sacrifices will increase. Sexual trafficking of our children will continue. Every wicked thing is going to pour forth from your television screen. Now is the time, and this is the warning of the Lord, that this beast power is now emerging in the world and is on the front stage of the world. And we are watching as this beast power begins to consume the world. And the question comes, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Or have you believed the lying prophets and teachers who say to you that you cannot quit sinning? I read for you yesterday that powerful passage over here. In John, First John, I'll go there again, just if you weren't listening yesterday. Anyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. This is First John, the third chapter. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. 
not to cover our sins, but to take them away. In him is no sin, and no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. The vast majority of people in America who call themselves Christians are not Christians. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous. You notice it does not say, he who is declared righteous is righteous. It doesn't say Jesus forgave all of our sins at the cross, and now we're all righteous even though we still walk in sin. Verse 8, he who does what is sinful is of the devil. If you say, brother, if you say, sister, all of my sins are forgiven, And I can't help but sin. I keep walking in my sin. But one day I'll be set free. You're not of Jesus. You're of the devil. You've been deceived. And it's very clear in this 13th chapter of Revelation that your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. And if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you are going to be deceived by this demonic combine of wicked men, spirit powers. You are going to be deceived by them, and you will bow and worship and receive the mark of the beast and be cast into the fire of hell with the beast power. Now, many of you are still very comfortable with the world. So you can sit down and say, I'm a Christian, but you drink in all of the pesticides. You drink in all the poisons of the television. You drink in all of the poisons of the Internet. You love the violence, getting ready for new games, professional games to be played in America. Many of you put on the back of your car, I'm a Steelers, or I'm a Redskin, the old name. You identify yourself by your entertainment. Many of you want to spend your evenings gambling, smoking cigars, guys. Gamble with nickels, but you're gambling. The topic of conversation is not of righteousness. It's not holy. It's unholy. You love the things of darkness. You love the entertainment of the world. You love going after money. You love being prosperous. I can tell you now, all of this is going to come to an end. And what are you going to do then? Are you going to bow down to this last great image that is being raised up, I believe, by America. I believe this second beast that comes up out of the land was America. Horns like a lamb, but speaks finally like a dragon. And in just the last three years, we have heard America speak like a dragon to its citizens, in all the lockdowns. We have watched America become a a horrific beast power in its wars, in its destruction of nations. We've watched as American politic has become utterly corrupt, corroded, and wicked, 
It said, if a politician is speaking, they're lying. That's what I've watched happen in America. Now, the warning of God is do not be captivated by the things of this world. Don't love the things of the world. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Don't be captured by these things. Come out and be separate. Be given to Jesus. Have your time and your attention on eternity. Be filled with the presence of God. I love that passage I shared with you yesterday out of Colossians. This is a descriptor of what we must become if we are going to enter heaven. Holy. Clothed in compassion. Kindness. Humility. Gentleness. Patience. Bearing with one another. Forgiving whatever grievance you may have against another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And then over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is Colossians 3, beginning at verse 12. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Be thankful. Let the words of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. Do you understand? There is a description here of a people who have separated themselves from the violence and the wickedness and the hard-heartedness of this world. They're not going to participate in this final image of incredible Powerful wickedness, murdering, killing, imprisoning. They're not going to walk with them. Instead, the people of God are going to be singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in their hearts to God. They're going to do everything they can to have their heart with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to be a culture where wives submit to their husbands. Not as becoming so popular, the rebellion of women. Then husbands, love your wives. Do not be harsh with them. Husbands, sacrifice yourself. Die for your wife. That's not going to be in the world. In the world, men and women are going to be equal. They're not going to care for one another. They're going to use one another as sexual objects. But many are going to say, no, I want a man. A man will say, I want a man. And a woman will say, I want a woman. Or men will say, or women will say, I want a child. And every filthy thing will go on. Sodomy. Among husbands and wives, sodomy. This is all a part of this new one world government that is arising. It is filthy, dirty. And then in the midst of all of this filth and dirt, the scripture tells us that it's going to be in the end time as it was in the days of Noah. So we are going to have the Nephilim appearing on the earth, giants. We're going to have every unclean thing in one final concophony of wickedness and violence and war depopulating the earth with famine and and bombs and destruction. And in the midst of all of this, God will have a people who will be gentle, who will be humble, who will be kind, who will love one another, who will be one in Christ, 
and their names based on their covenant with Christ to be consecrated entirely to him and separated from the world to walk in righteousness by the power of the blood of Jesus, these precious ones whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life will simply disappear. And the violent one-world government will kill any person who rises up or who is caught saying they worship only Jesus and they will not receive the mark of the beast. 666. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'm going to continue tomorrow. I pray you will Subscribe to our channel if this message has been helpful to you. I'd like to see us pass that 700 mark. Also, we're at the halfway point, but we're not at the halfway point with finances. I'm trusting the Lord to move in your heart, to give as he directs you. And I thank you for the many who are doing that. Dirk and Chris and many others. Joanne, Mike, many, thank you for your gifts, your sacrifices. We're going into a time when I am trusting entirely in Jesus to keep us on the air that this word can rebuke the sin of both the church and the world. So you can write to me. I'd love to hear from you. National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also go to our webpage. I apologize. Today it's offline. We're doing maintenance. It will be back up soon. We're waiting for it to populate now. But you're welcome to go to nationalprayerchapel.com. And you can give online there. My brother, my sister, this is a very serious warning that God is giving to us, a very solemn warning. I urge you to pass this on to others, friends, family members. Share it. Don't hold it to yourself. Put your link up in Facebook or wherever it could go. Encourage people to listen. Lord Jesus, I lift up every person who has listened today. I ask for your blessing upon them and that you would turn them from any wicked way in which they are walking. That this solemn warning would be heard by them and that they would obey you to listen and to repent. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you, my brother, my sister. Plan on joining us on Sunday. We're going to have a special Thanksgiving meal after the service. Plan on joining us. You can find our information at nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.